You're listening to Bridge the Gap Season 4, a podcast dedicated to inform, educate, and influence the future of housing and services for seniors. This podcast is powered by supporting partners Propel Insurance, Inquire, LTC REIT, The Bridge Group Construction, and Salinity. Learn more at btgvoice.com. Welcome to Bridge the Gap, the Senior Living Podcast with Josh and Lucas, a great conversation from another industry leader. We want to welcome Ryan Novacek to the program. He's the CEO of New Perspective. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Lucas. Thanks, Josh. Very pleased to be here with you this afternoon. Well, I'm going to start off the show with one of my all-time favorite stories, and not very many people know about this. So this was about 10 years ago. I walk into the Argentum conference. It's one of my first ever senior living conferences that I'd ever attended. I knew no one. No one knew me. It was a very overwhelming but exciting experience. And I walk into the uh, beginning opener lunch and I get there early again, cause I don't have any appointments. I got nothing better to do. I walk to the front of the room and I walk all the way to the side and I sit down by myself at a table. The room starts to fill up and I'm just kind of sitting there seeing all this take place. And I feel a tap on my shoulder and I, I turn around and it is none other than your mother. And she looks at me and she says, why are you sitting here all alone? Why don't you come and join us? And I, it lifted my spirits. I, a smile came on my face. I got up. They had a seat all picked out for me. I got to meet your father. I got to see Chris Hyatt on your team, um, who I'd seen and kind of known of before. But um, they just involved me immediately into their conversations. This was a table full of people that already knew each other. And they folded me in and made me feel very, very welcome. And I imagine that that is partly uh, one of the big reasons why your company has done so well and uh, provided for so many older adults. Yeah, Lucas, it's the first time I'm hearing that story, but uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, it it does not surprise me. Um, by the way, it's my mom's birthday today. So mom, if you're out there listening, happy birthday. I love you. Um, but that type of act of, of kindness and collaboration and sharing is really what the senior housing industry has been all about from the beginning. Um, we tend to be less competitors with one another and more true partners with one another, regardless of what company uh, you work for. Ty and I learned that early on in our careers from Stephen Vick, and our goal is to lift up the entire industry uh, to better serve the seniors each and every day, to give them opportunities to live life on purpose and really make a difference for that greatest generation. So I'll have to uh, remind her of that story uh, when I see her uh, next, but uh, doesn't surprise me a bit. And uh, we've got a unique connection now, Lucas. So we do. And I would be surprised if she remembers it, but I'll tell you and all of our listeners, it's something that I will never forget. It made a very lasting impression. So Josh, there's a lot of synergy here with, uh, with Ryan, really glad to have him on the show today. Um, you know, before we kind of dive into some of the topics today, we're going to be talking about leadership and culture. We're going to be talking about y'all's goals for impacting the lives of older adults over the next two, three, four, five years. Um, but growing, I imagine, so you're part of the family business. Did you grow up in this, around this? Was this always your plan and your goal, or is this something that uh, more organically happened? 
It, it happened organically. Um, we got into this business because my grandma, Betty, my mom's mom, uh, had Alzheimer's. And we as a family couldn't find a place we felt good about uh, taking her. And we took care of her for seven years. Uh, learned a tremendous amount about the needs of seniors, particularly those with Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. And we kept her busy doing stuff every day, raking leaves, shoveling snow, arts and crafts, music, family events, social events, spiritual events. And most of the time she went to bed because she was tired. She had a big day, not because she was doped up on antipsychotropic medications, which is too often how uh, we treat some of the behaviors that come with Alzheimer's. And uh, that really formed uh, our foundational belief. Back then we used to call it what's best for Betty. And today we call it, you know, seniors living life on purpose. And what can we do? What can we do to discover something about the personal history of those residents and make a difference in their lives and give them an opportunity to live life on purpose each and every day. And so my father Todd had a background in hospitality, running restaurants, hotels. I actually started my career in investment banking, working on Wall Street, did some money management for some hedge funds. And we were kind of cooking up a business plan in the basement and you know nothing was happening for a few years. And my mom was yelling at my dad, like, you gotta go get a job, this isn't working. And he's like, no, it's gonna work, it's gonna work. And then one deal happened and then two deals happened and then 10. And now we're up to 24 locations in Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, and Illinois, uh, serving over 2,000, what I like to call feisty 85-year-olds, helping them to live life on purpose each and every day. Oh, my gosh. Ryan, that's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing. And and Lucas, thanks for sharing that story up front to give me a little bit of insight and our listeners' insight. Um, I, Ryan, you're hitting all of our passion talking buttons. So I think our challenge today is going to be like, how do we turn this off? Uh, we're going to, we're going to want to talk to you for a while, but let's dive in a little bit more on the culture piece because you know, that really resonates and it, a lot of people throw around, I think too loosely the word culture without really kind of giving some substance. You guys are obviously known, um, for your culture, one of the things that we we um, got in talking with your team a little bit prior to this was um, specifically around a servant leadership culture, kind of what you guys refer to, and and maybe how that has also helped you guys through the difficult times. Obviously, we've our industry, and I'm I'm sure all of the senior living communities like yours have had some difficult times over the last twelve months, and that that culture is kind of at our core and helps us uh, in those times of difficulty. So can you tell us a little bit about what drives that servant leadership culture for you guys? Sure. Well, people are literally the most important part of our business. We need to find folks that believe what we believe, folks that are passionate about serving seniors, and then we need to serve them. Uh, serve them by giving them the resources they need to do their jobs each and every day. And so uh, years ago, uh, we embarked on kind of a cultural transformation in the organization. And you're always transforming to some degree as it relates to culture, but to really double down or or triple down on uh, servant leadership and our commitment to collaboration. 
And when uh, Chris Hyatt, our president and my partner, and Todd, my father and our executive chairman, tell everybody in the organization, we work for you. Our jobs are to get you the resources to do your jobs. And we believe in these servant leadership principles. Um, that resonates with folks. It's different. Uh, not everybody is architected that way. Many organizations are top down. They're dictatorial. They're not about collaboration. They're not about servant leadership. And when a company goes through any test or trying time, as we have over the last 11 plus months, fighting this invisible enemy, COVID-19, um, you really find out what you're made of. You find out who's standing next to you, who's standing alongside of you. And that foundation that we spent so much time and took so much care to build around the people side of our business and that culture has paid huge dividends. And we've accomplished things in 2020 that if you told me in 2019, you're gonna do 5% of these things, I would have said, you're crazy. And we accomplished them because we had to. This team literally worked every day from the end of February through the 4th of July, 14, 16, 18 hours a day, whatever it took to make sure our residents and our team members uh, were as safe as they could be and had all of the resources they need to do their jobs and for our residents to, to live out their lives in our communities. And uh, we were a family before COVID. We're even more so of a family and a, and a team now. And we've been battle tested uh, together and we are going to come out the other end of this thing uh, much, much stronger than when we went into it. And a large part of that is due to the culture that we had in place before the pandemic begun. Wow. So Lucas, you and I have talked uh, about this a lot. It's in the time of crisis is not the time to build your culture, <laughs> that you got to lay the foundation so that when the crisis arrives, your core team is there. And then that culture is what allows you to get through it. Um, Brian, thank you to your team and for your, your family's leadership, serving so many hundreds of team members and uh, residents through uh, a tough year. Um, one, let's transition a little bit. Cause I want to, I want to, there's a lot of things we want to touch on with you, but I love the, the talking point and the, the phrase of you guys about helping seniors, um, live life on purpose, I think is the way that you referred to that. Um, and you, ha you guys have set some goals and I don't want to misquote that, but correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was something like 10,000 seniors living life on purpose, within a few years. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? Yeah, well, there's an old adage of a business isn't busy growing, it's busy dying. And I believe that's truly the case. And so we like to set, you know, BHAGs, the big, hairy, audacious goals. And we set one a few years ago saying we'd like to get to 10,000 seniors living life on purpose by 2025. And we began putting strategy and plans in place to make sure that that happened. Uh, and that involved, you know, a bit of a transformation across the organization, if you will, a new perspective 2.0 to make sure that we had that foundation poured, the people right, the culture right, the, the platforms right, the systems dialed in, standardized ways of doing things, repeatable processes, and really kind of, you know, try to put the plane together while it's, it's on the ground or at least flying at a low altitude versus trying to put it together when it's 50,000 feet uh, in the air. Uh, we've done all those things. And now, despite the pandemic, 
you know, by the time we got to July, August, it's almost sad to say it, but many of the things we needed to do to deal with COVID-19 were becoming standard operating procedures uh, for us. And um, throughout the pandemic, we've kind of been a couple months ahead of where we've seen the feds and the states and, um, and, and tried to intentionally stay ahead of the game there so we could pivot to growth at the right time. So during the August, September timeframe, we started saying, hey, what is going to happen on the other side of this thing? Going into it, the industry was already fragmented. Um, we had a lot of folks getting into the industry that maybe didn't really quite understand it, thought it was apartments, thought it was hospitality, thought it was real estate, and now are certainly going, oh yeah, everybody that told me that this was healthcare, <laughs> it, it's healthcare, uh, big time. And so I think that's going to create uh, some pretty seismic shifts in uh, the space as we kind of get into the spring, summer, and into uh, the later in 2021 and 2022. And so we started to lay some plans um, for that growth to be ready for it. Um, and we're doing it across a couple of different vectors. Uh, years ago, um, we partnered up with a group called Bolt. Uh, they're a 130-year-old family-run business, very similar to ours out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, big believers in culture, big believers in people, focused on healthcare and heavy industrial, had been in seniors, got out, wanted to get back in. We formed a partnership and we actually opened two new projects with them as our uh, investment partner and development partner in Milwaukee in the middle of a pandemic. Our Franklin location opened in July and our Waukesha Franklin, our, our Waukesha, Wisconsin location opened in September. And both communities are literally off to the fastest lease-ups in the company's history. And close to 70% of the move-ins are independent living. It's the opposite of what you would think. You would think the need-driven would be more robust and we're absorbing eight to 10 new move-ins uh, per month. So the, despite all of the negative press out there, uh, we and, and many others in our industry are doing great things uh, for our seniors. And when we have an opportunity to present our value proposition to folks, uh, they want it. They want to live life on purpose. They want to be around other people. And now that our vaccine clinics have begun, we've got light at the end of the tunnel. And we're going to be very focused on continuing to grow our development pipeline uh, with our partner, Bolt. Uh, we are also working with them on raising a $500 million programmatic equity facility to go pursue core plus value add acquisition opportunities. Uh, we think there's gonna be a number of those uh, that come available at much more attractive price points uh, versus where prices were pre-pandemic. And we're looking for folks, or maybe there's been an emotional shift with the ownership. Maybe the owners have been doing this for 25 years and they don't wanna stay in the fight. Maybe they got into the business thinking it was this, and now they realize this is a healthcare and senior focused uh, business. And then find a way to craft you know, a win-win scenario you know, for those sellers and to deploy that fund. So our goal of 10,000 might actually turn out to be uh, too low. It seemed like a really big number at the time, but I wouldn't be surprised if that number is not closer to 20,000 seniors living life on purpose by 2025. Wow. Well, super exciting to hear that information. And it's consistent as me and you, Lucas, get to talk to a lot of awesome providers 
because of this platform, because of the Bridge the Gap network. Um, and you're exactly right, uh, Ryan. It's it's very different than what you might read in a headline, uh, the, the actual reality uh, when you go into these communities, what's really happening. So thank you for sharing that. So you um, touched on something and kind of gave us a little bit of insight into, I think how you phrased it was potentially some seismic changes coming. We, we obviously were talking in the industry um, even prior to the pandemic about the, the changes that were coming, um, even in caring for the greatest generation, transitioning to the boomer generation over the next few years. But now we've got the pandemic as well. Um, maybe we're hoping the end is in sight at some point. But can you kind of unpack for us, you guys are obviously very forward-looking, what are some of the bigger changes and what are our responses, what do our responses need to be to the changes over the coming next few few years? Well, one of the things, and it was starting to happen pre-pandemic, and I think the pace is going to accelerate, is the healthcare value chain that's out there, for lack of a better term, has always kind of known we exist. They kind of have known we can add value, um, but we weren't in the payer stream vis-a-vis Medicare and direct private insurance. And so we were kind of this afterthought. And I think what's happened, and I think the pandemic has accelerated this, is really brought uh, to the forefront, um, you know, what some of our bread and butter is and how we can add a ton of value to the overall healthcare value chain. And that's really around uh, care coordination, chronic care management, whatever you want to call it. Um, Managing risk pools could be something like Medicare Advantage, some other forms. But we are in such a unique position to help all different components of that healthcare value chain really optimize and deliver uh, healthcare to uh, seniors in addition to the basic activities of daily living which we provide them. So bringing to bear rounding docs, uh, pharmacy, um, PT, OT, hospice, podiatry, could be dental, could be vision. Uh, Psychological services are extraordinarily important. And so we see and touch those residents every single day. And then we work with all of those different healthcare providers to help produce outcomes for those seniors. So we're starting to gather data around some of those initiatives in a way that we haven't been able to do before. Technology is helping to enable that. I'm looking at those medical health records and and histories as it relates to Medicare. And what I think you're going to find is the players that really find a way to wrap that care coordination model around that resident um, and, and, and their family and whoever else is making healthcare decisions are really going to come out of this in a differentiated uh, place. And the, the families are seeing how valuable it is because you've had a lot of families that you know chose, hey, I'm just going to take care of my mom through this pandemic. And we have discussions with them and they're scared. They're like, I'm scared. My kid's going to bring COVID home. We don't know how do we get mom to these appointments. We don't know what we're observing. We're, we're not nurses. We don't have PPE. We don't have protocol. We don't have training. And they're really starting to see the value proposition. And we're seeing that even now, I mentioned it with, with, with the new openings that we've had, 
we're still moving in a very, very healthy number of residents each month. It's not at the level it was pre-pandemic, but I've got every confidence we're going to get back to that level, if not exceed it, because our value proposition is becoming more and more evident each and every day. Well, you know, one of the things just hearing you talk, Ryan, I imagine you guys have such a unique perspective and appreciation. Um, you shared with the story with us the story earlier in the show about how your company was even born. I was out of caring for your your mom, uh, yep. your grandmother uh, at, at, at home. And so being able to have those conversations and have the empathy and the understanding with these families that are scared and then be able to guide them to resources. And Lucas and I, you, you, we've talked about it. It's amazing. I really think our industry has an opportunity to improve even quality life because when partners like you and your communities come alongside the families and and you can provide them with the resources to care for their loved ones, put their mind at ease, then they can really focus on the relationship and um, not have to have all the the worries and the stresses and things like that. So super, super rewarding um, to hear you say that. Well, you know, um, this is a really fun conversation, Ryan, and we're really glad that we were able to connect with you guys there. Um, and I know that our listeners right now, Josh, they're going to they're gonna want to connect with Ryan and New Perspective. And so we'll make sure that we put all of those things in the show notes. But before we close, Ryan, um, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Um, maybe something on um, recruiting and retention, just about keeping or trying to find new people or... Any um, encouragement for those that are in the industry? Sure. Well, every Tuesday, we've got team member orientation uh, that goes on here at our, our resource center. And I pop in to, to say hi to the newbies, welcome them to the team, welcome them to the family. And I share with them, I, I hope that everyone in this room will retire as a new prospective uh, team member. And I share with them a little bit about our servant leadership principles, one of which is, is growth, which isn't just growing the company, it's growing the individuals that we serve, uh, you know, personally, professionally, helping to develop them and encourage them to work with their supervisors if they've got aspirations to become a manager or become a nurse or become a, a salesperson, whatever the case may be. And I share with them that because the company will continue to grow, there's going to be boundless opportunity for them. And um, we really want to see folks advance. And I go around the room and I ask each individual what community they're going to work at. And every time there's a, a good mix of, of folks and I've got a story specific to that community. Hey, your executive director started as our administrative assistant. Now she's running that building or your care team manager started off as a caregiver and now she's got 30 people reporting into her or your sales director just retired after 10 years of service with us. And we really kind of share that extension of the opportunity with them and then encourage them to go uh, recruit in their friends. Uh, we've got team member referral bonuses that we pay out and I joke around, I'm like, it's 500 bucks a pop. So if you go find 10 friends, how much is that? And then somebody says, holy cow, that's $5,000. I said, yeah, let's, let's go get it done. We are hiring at a time when most businesses are not hiring and may even be laying people off or, or furloughing folks. So we give them that encouragement to go out and kind of be part of the recruiting team and the recruiting engine 
But I do think that idea of having a path forward, having purpose, having a career uh, is a needle mover as far as retention go retention goes as it relates to just being a job or someplace where I, I go to work. And then second to that, we as an industry, and we were taking some really big strides towards this, you know, before the pandemic hit and are now kind of back on this game. We have to turn our recruiting and retention process into a science just like the industry has with sales. We know how to go get prospects. We know how to nurture those leads and build rapport. We know how to do the discovery and then match the features and benefits that we've got that can help them with a solution. And we know how many prospects need to go into the top of the funnel to get a new move in. We've got to get to that level of precision um, with our human resource group and our efforts to bring people into the business it needs to turn into a science and look a lot like more the sales process than just posting an ad and hoping some people show up and apply and hoping there's a couple of hires that fall out of the bottom of that uh, the bottom of that funnel. So we're on that full speed ahead. Um, I think now with the vaccines coming out, some of that fear factor that had been out there is going to abate a little bit. I think that's going to increase our lead flow. And by applying uh, some more science to it, that's going to be more leads, more hires. And then we're going to continue to do all the things we can to build culture and, and hopefully have all those folks that join us uh, be with us for an extended career. Ryan, over at New Perspective, we thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for what your family has built and continues to build in our industry. This is a great time spent together talking about the love stories of the business and everything in between. So wonderful to speak with you today, Ryan. For all the listeners, we'll connect with uh, New Perspective in the show notes. Uh, and you can always go to btgvoice.com to listen to all of our shows, including our Contributor Wednesday series. Connect with us on social and send us a message. Thanks for everybody for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap. Thanks for listening to Bridge the Gap podcast with hosts Josh Crisp and Lucas McCurdy. If you are informed, educated, or influenced by this episode, we want to know. Leave a comment on social media or contact us in the show notes. Powered by supporting partners, Propel Insurance, Inquire, LTC REIT, The Bridge Group Construction, and Salinity. Learn more at btgvoice.com.